0: Welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm not an expert, I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn, and here to teach. So, let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum, seize the night. Hello, I'm your host, Wayne Zool and this is the Astro Guy podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore what's going on in the May 2022 skies and explore the constellations Coma Berenices and Virgo. The moon is full this month on May 16th, but on the night of the 15th going into the 16th, all of the continental United States will be able to witness a deep total lunar eclipse. A lunar eclipse occurs when Earth passes between the Sun and the Moon, and the Earth's shadow falls onto the Moon. This past November, we had a deep partial lunar eclipse, where the darkest part of the Earth's shadow covered all but a very small part of the Moon. However, with the eclipse this month, the Moon will pass deep into the Earth's shadow, which should result in the Moon being a dark, coppery-red color as it passes through the umbra or darkest part of the shadow the moon's passage through the umbra will last about 75 minutes i'm mentioning times in eastern time for the us so make appropriate changes for your location at 9:32 p.m. on the 15th the moon will make first contact with the penumbra or the fainter outer part of the earth's shadow the moon will be easy to spot in the constellation Libra. During the penumbral phase, you might notice the moon's light appearing slightly dimmer. It is a very subtle change. This becomes more pronounced as contact with the umbra approaches. First contact with the umbra occurs nearly an hour later at 1027 and 52 seconds. It will likely take a few minutes to notice the umbral shadow as it makes its way across the lunar surface. After several minutes, you'll notice a dark bite appearing on the edge of the moon. As the umbra covers more of the moon, the moon will look very dark and can take on a hue between dark brown and a bright coppery red. Usually during the partial phase of the umbral passage, the covered surface of the moon will appear very dark. At 3 seconds past 11.29 PM, the moon will be completely covered by the umbral shadow and should take on a reddish hue the red color is caused by light bending in the earth's atmosphere and being scattered in the shadow it's the same reason that the sky sometimes appears red at sunset from 1129 until 1253 and 55 seconds the moon will be completely covered by the umbra Mid-eclipse occurs at 12.11 and 28 seconds on the morning of the 16th. This should be when the moon appears darkest. It's interesting to watch the brighter edges of the moon as they change during the course of the eclipse. At 12.53 and 55 seconds, the moon will begin crossing into the penumbral part of the shadow again and will be out of the umbra completely by 1.55 a.m. The penumbral eclipse will continue until 2.50 a.m., when the moon will no longer be covered by any part of the Earth's shadow. To view the eclipse, you don't need any special equipment, and it is completely safe to watch a lunar eclipse. Binoculars may help reveal the subtle changes that occur during the penumbral phases of the eclipse. In a telescope, you'll be able to see the lunar features with more detail than you normally would during the full moon. This is because of the lower light conditions. Furthermore, in a telescope, you can watch the edge of the umbral shadow as it slowly makes its way across the lunar surface. Regardless of whether you use any optical aid or not, this should be a spectacular sight to witness. So dress appropriately for the temperature, have bug spray, and a comfortable chair to observe this spectacle. If you capture any images of the eclipse, we'd love to see them. You can email them to us. We'll tell you how later in the episode. The naked eye planets are still putting on a great show in the morning sky. Around 4.45 in the morning on the 1st, Jupiter will appear about half a degree above and to the right of brilliant Venus. The pair will be hard to miss, but you'll need a good eastern horizon as they will only be about 5 degrees over the horizon. In just about any telescope, you'll be able to spot Jupiter and the four Galilean moons, two on each side. With a low-power eyepiece, the gibbous 68% illuminated Venus will be a sight to behold with Jupiter looming nearby. On the second, the pair will be separated by nearly 1.5 degrees and will continue to get farther apart as the month goes on. Venus will appear about six times brighter than Jupiter. Both planets should be easy to spot with the naked eye. Moving past Venus and Jupiter, Neptune is about four degrees above and to the right of Venus, but it will be tough to spot. However, on the morning of May 18th, Neptune will be about half a degree from Mars, making for an interesting pairing at low magnification. Mars is the next bright planet falling along a line to the west-northwest. Mars appears almost 16 degrees to the right and above Jupiter. It is glowing brightly at magnitude minus 1.52 and appears 89% illuminated. While it is bright in the sky, Mars has an apparent diameter of less than six seconds of arc. While it appears rather small, it will be fun to watch the planet appear to grow as it heads toward opposition later this year. If you follow the line from Jupiter to Mars and continue for another 18 degrees, you'll see fainter Saturn about 20 degrees above the southeastern horizon. In 10 power binoculars, you can make out Saturn's rings but using a telescope will show them in much better detail. On the morning of the 22nd, the last quarter moon will be about 5 degrees below Saturn. On the morning of the 25th, the moon will appear about 5 degrees below and just to the left of Jupiter, while Mars will be just 2.5 degrees to the right of Jupiter. This will be a beautiful sight to behold. The last conjunction of May will occur on the 29th when Jupiter and Mars will be separated by about half a degree. Note the difference in the apparent size of the two planets. Jupiter appears about six times larger than Mars even though Jupiter is about three and a half times further away. It helps to put into perspective just how large Jupiter actually is. Uranus is lost in the sun's glare for all of May and will re-emerge in the morning sky in June, but will be tough to spot until mid-July. On the evening of the 6th, going into the morning of the 7th, you might be able to catch a few Eta Aquariid meteors. The shower has a ZHR of about 60, but is best seen further south. While not a major shower, it can put on a decent show, so it's worth a look if your skies are clear. At the beginning of May, you'll still be able to spot most of Orion and Canis Major low in the southwest, but they will soon disappear into the twilight glow before the end of May. They'll be back in the morning skies in a few months, so get your last glimpses in until then. Last month, we explored some of the wonders of Leo and Leo Minor. May like April is still considered galaxy season but there are some fun objects to explore that are not galaxies in the May skies. But since we're still in galaxy season, let's take a look at the constellations Coma Berenices, or Bernice's hair, and Virgo, the Virgin. Coma Coma Berenices is marked by three fourth magnitude stars that form a right angle. Beta Coma Berenices marks the apex of the angle. You can spot Beta, a double star, by sweeping 23 degrees east of Denebola, the tail of Leo, and then sweeping 3 degrees south. Coma, as it is often referred to, is rich in deep sky objects. There are more than 1,000 deep sky objects within its borders. The famous Coma Cluster is a region of many faint galaxies. In the past, Astronomers often refer to this area as the realm of galaxies. There are eight Messier or M objects in Coma, and we'll explore most of them except for the faintest galaxies. The brightest is not a galaxy at all, but a globular cluster called M53. Globular clusters are dense balls of older stars that form in the outer regions of many galaxies. M53 is relatively bright at magnitude 7.7 and spans 13 arc minutes. It can be seen in binoculars as a fuzzy star. In a telescope, you should be able to resolve dozens of stars within the cluster. To locate M53, start at the star Alpha Coma Berenices, or Diadem, and move just less than one degree to the northeast and you should be looking right at M53. About one degree further southeast of M53 is the globular cluster NGC 5053. Smaller and fainter than its neighbor, this cluster spans 11 arc minutes, but is much fainter, glowing at tenth magnitude. You'll need decent skies to pick it out, but a 6-inch scope should show it well. It's fun to compare the appearance of the two clusters. Are you ready to explore some galaxies? I hope so, because this section of the sky has a lot of them. M64 is the brightest of the galaxies in Coma, glowing at magnitude 8.5 and at a distance of more than 17 million light years from Earth. Commonly known as the Black Eye Galaxy, it is a spiral galaxy with dust lanes that gives to its name. To locate the Black Eye Galaxy, start at Diadem and sweep two degrees west and a half a degree to a fifth magnitude star. Then sweep north just over four degrees and you should see the galaxy. It will appear as a mottled smudge in binoculars and in smaller telescopes. It spans about ten by five arc minutes so even with low magnification, you should see it. Using a 6-inch telescope, you should be able to see the dust lane near the center of the galaxy, as well as some detail in the outer parts of the galaxy. Try to spot the faint outer halo if you're under very dark skies. Even if you don't spot it, you'll enjoy looking at this galaxy. M85 is the next galaxy that we'll explore. This galaxy is far away at more than 60 million light years distance and shines at 10th magnitude. It is classified as a lenticular or elliptical galaxy. It has a brighter core which is easy to spot in any telescope, but the outer edges of the galaxy which spans seven and a half arc minutes are much fainter and more difficult to see. To locate M85, start at Gamma Coma Berenices and sweep 10 degrees south, and you should be looking right at the galaxy. In 50 millimeter or larger binoculars, you should see the galaxy as a dim, fuzzy star. Viewing it through a telescope will reveal more detail. Careful observations through a 6 inch or larger telescope will reveal the 12th magnitude barred spiral galaxy NGC 4394, a mere 7 arcminutes west of M85. Messier 98 is the next object on our tour. M98 shines at 11th magnitude and is a spiral galaxy that spans about 9 by 3 arcminutes. In a telescope to me, it looks like a mottled glow shaped like an elongated oval. Its structure is a cross between a barred spiral and a spiral galaxy. M98 is located about 44 million light years distant. To find M98, start at Denebola in Leo and sweep six degrees east, and you should be looking right at the galaxy. From M98, you can sweep half a degree south and just over one degree west to M99 which is often called the Virgo cluster pinwheel, even though it's located in coma. Most of these galaxies are considered part of the Virgo cluster of galaxies. There is a magnitude 6.5 star only 10 arc minutes from M99, making for a convenient marker. M99, a face-on spiral, glows at magnitude 9.87 and spans just over five arc minutes, it lies about 50 million light-years away. You can spot it in binoculars, but viewing it through a telescope should reveal the faint spiral structure of the galaxy. If you're at low power under dark skies, you might spot two 12th magnitude galaxies about 45 arc minutes west. These are NGC 4298 and NGC 4302. From here we'll visit the blow dryer galaxy or the mirror galaxy, also cataloged as M100. Start at Denebola and sweep 8 degrees east and 1 degree north and you should see the galaxy. M100 shines at magnitude 9.35 and spans about 7 arc minutes. You should be able to just pick it out with binoculars, but in a telescope, you might be able to make out the spiral arms of this beauty. The last galaxy in coma that we'll explore is NGC 4565, which is commonly known as the Needle Galaxy, or Caldwell 38. To find the needle, start at Gamma Coma Berenices and sweep two degrees east and then two degrees south, and you should see a faint elongated smudge of light. This is a beautiful edge on galaxy. I've observed this under dark skies with an 8-inch telescope and was able to detect the dark lane that runs through the center of the galaxy. It's a bit of a challenge, but it is a beautiful galaxy to observe. While Coma has a lot more to offer, we're going to Coma's neighbor to the south, Virgo, the Virgin. Virgo is the second largest constellation in the night sky occupying almost 1,300 square degrees of sky. Virgo is also the most galaxy-rich constellation in our skies, as it contains more than 100,000 cataloged galaxies. Spica is the brightest star in the constellation, glowing brightly at first magnitude. Spica is also a double star. However, it's not a visual double, but a spectroscopic binary which means that its shifting spectra was used to determine that there are two stars present in the system. But Virgo is famous for its wealth of galaxies, including the Virgo supercluster, which contains more than 1,000 galaxies. We're going to explore just six of those galaxies this month, well, we'll sneak a few more in there. We'll start with the one that's furthest south, M104 which is known as the Sombrero Galaxy. To locate the Sombrero, start at Spica and sweep 11 degrees due west and you should see the galaxy. From dark skies this is an easy target in binoculars, but observing this through a telescope will reveal the dark lane that bisects the galaxy giving it its name. I've observed this through a 70 millimeter refractor in Vermont and the view was wonderful. Through a six inch or larger telescope, you'll really enjoy this beauty. It glows brightly at eighth magnitude and spans just over eight minutes of arc. This is an object that you'll return to many, many times. Now we're going to move a bit north to explore some of the brighter members of the Virgo cluster of galaxies. We'll start with M87 or Virgo A, which is a supergiant elliptical galaxy. Start at the star Vindimatrix known as Epsilon Virginis, and sweep 7.5 degrees west and then 1.5 degrees north. The galaxy is relatively bright at magnitude 8.63 and spans about 7 by 6 minutes of arc. In binoculars and small telescopes, it will appear as a fuzzy star. Large telescopes will easily reveal the brighter core surrounded by an unresolved halo. M87 is just a really interesting galaxy. It contains about 15,000 globular clusters. That is a lot. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, contains less than 200 globular clusters. M87 also contains a supermassive black hole at its core and is a strong source of radio energy. From M87, you can sweep one degree west and then half a degree north, and you should see a diffuse glow in the center of your field. This is the galaxy M86. A quarter of a degree west, you should see a fainter glow. This is M84. M86 shines at magnitude 8.9 and spans 8 by 5 minutes of arc. However, to see it to that extent, you'd have to have long-exposure imaging or photography. Visually, the core extends about two minutes of arc, which makes it easy to see. M84 is essentially a fainter version of M86. The pair can be spotted virtually in any telescope from a dark sky. These are two of the brightest galaxies in a string of galaxies called Markarian's Chain, There are eight galaxies that make up the chain, which span about 1.5 degrees. From M84, the chain continues east and then north. The other members are NGCs 4477, 4473, 4461, 4458, 4438, and NGC 4435. The center coordinates for the chain are 12 hours, 27 minutes right ascension, and plus 13 degrees, 10 minutes declination. In an 8-inch telescope from dark skies, you should be able to spot all the members of the chain. If you're still hungry for galaxies, Virgo has a lot more to offer. M90 can easily be found by starting at M86 and sweeping two and a half degrees east. In your eyepiece, you should spot an elongated glow about three arc minutes long. The galaxy measures nine by 3.8 arc minutes, but much of that is the very faint outer shell. Keen-eyed observers may be able to detect faint spiral arms emanating from the core of the galaxy. Sweep about 40 minutes south and about 15 minutes west and you'll be looking at the galaxy M89. This elliptical galaxy spans about eight arc minutes, but the central core, which is the brightest part of the galaxy, only spans about one arc minute in size. The galaxy glows at magnitude 9.75. From M89, you can sweep just under a degree south-southeast, and you'll be looking at the barred spiral galaxy M58. This is a compact galaxy that spans 5 by 3.87 arc minutes. The brighter core and bar should be easy to spot. With practice, you should be able to pick out the fainter spiral arms. This galaxy glows at magnitude 9.66. You can find our last galaxy of this tour by sweeping one degree east from M58 and just under a quarter of a degree south and you'll be looking right at M59. M59 is another elliptical galaxy that glows at magnitude 9.5. The galaxy measures 4.55 by 3.2 arc minutes, although the core will appear roughly 1 by 1.5 arc minutes in size visually. How much detail can you see in the galaxy? Now I know this month I threw a lot at you and I hope that you'll go out and explore some of the wonders that we went over. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you found our time together to be fun and helpful. If you have questions or episode suggestions, please email us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a text or voicemail at 973-404-0380. If you're not already a member, please join the Astro Guy podcast group on Facebook. You'll find other members, videos, blogs, and other useful information there for your enjoyment. You can also visit our YouTube channel, the Astro Guy podcast, for past episodes and other surprises. Please subscribe. Also, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform. It helps us to get new listeners. Thank you again for listening, and may your skies be clear. As always, Carpe Noctum, seize the night. I'm Wayne Zool, and this was the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome. Keep wondering, keep your eyes on the sky, have fun. Carpe Noctum, seize the night.